Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. Today we're going to talk about roofs. Just this is going to be a solo show covering what the scene is with roofs and why I think roofs might be a bit of a next frontier for the construction industry. So stay tuned to hear about that. But now is my time where I usually like to ask, would you support the show in some way? Whether it's hopping on into the show notes and becoming a monetary supporter, that's phenomenal, that's fantastic. You know, you're not getting any extra content being up front here. But at the end of the day, if you like what we do and you want to keep this train going, um, that's one way you can show your support. Another way you can show your support is by liking and sharing content on social media or sharing this podcast with a friend. We all know social media, you have the ability to grow a lot easier than you do with a podcast. Podcast is much more hand-to-hand combat. There's no retweet. There's no like. Um, there's no social effect happening with the podcast. So it's all about the listeners letting other people know that this show is here. So support us financially, support us with your actions, any way you can do it. It is much appreciated. And with that said, one of our, or our biggest supporter is Central. Today's show is brought to you by Central, commercial carpenters and supporters of our conversations. Enjoy the show. So as we said, we're going to talk about roofs. There was a study bun that was a study done by the New School, Nature Conservatory, Columbia University, and the Wildlife Conservation Society. They did a study on the 2016 buildings in New York City, meaning the buildings that existed in the year 2016 in the city. They found that less than 0.1% of the buildings in the city had green roofs. For reference, New York City contained more than 1 million buildings at the time, constituting over 39,000 acres of impervious space. And that's not accounting for the impervious concrete, asphalt, all that kind of stuff, just buildings. Of these buildings, only 736 contained green roofs. So for a little recap here, over a million buildings only 736 green roofs. That's where you get that 0.1% number from. The team that did the study was able to do this by having access to high resolution satellite imagery and then applying machine learning to teach the software to find the green roofs. If you remember one of our past episodes with Adam Krasnowski of Airworks, they're using a similar machine learning process to capture images of properties and then create 2D CAD drawings within surveying tolerances. So they fly a drone or use some other way to capture the image. And then I think they use the term photogrammetry and uh, LIDAR and the combination of things, but they really teach the software that, oh, hey, that's a pad-mounted transformer, not a shed. You know, what's the difference? So they go in there and each time that the software see something, it continues to learn things. So it's get better and better. So that's what they did in this study. And the study also pointed out a few other items of note, just not how many green roofs, but that, you know, six years later, this thing happened in 2016, we're in 2022 now, um, with the course of time and some public policy changes that went in place, they probably have increased drastically the number of green roofs in New York City. But me speaking here, even if the number quadrupled, you're not even at half of a percent yet. So there's definitely room to run on repurposing of roofs. Now you're probably thinking that's a decent information, but why a podcast on it? 
well, there's an additional software out there that might capitalize on the underutilization of roofs, which I'm assuming New York City is not alone in their underutilization. Product is called Roofscape. Uh, Roofscape is a software that uses multiple sources of data to find out about each building's characteristics and then creates a color-coded map for a city describing the best use for each roof. It takes into account the use of the building, slope of the roof, uh, available space, hours of sunlight, heat islands, etc. Then they come up with suggested uses such as housing, solar, wind, drone launching, farming, water collection, or reclamation, meaning storing the water on site um, and letting it evaporate, and more. So there's all these options if you look at it. Uh, they create like this cool map and there's a little diagram showing what all the potential uses are, or I should say the best uses are in those areas. The company's called MVRDV. I couldn't find out what that stood for, but they launched Roofscape in the Netherlands with a color-coded map of the city of Rotterdam, outlining all the best uses for each of the buildings. Rotterdam was uniquely good fit for the software due to the fact that they had a digital twin model of the city already. But that is by no means a requirement for the software's use. That just happened to be an added bonus. And uh, I think it's pretty cool that Rotterdam went and created a digital twin. I don't know how difficult that is to do a digital twin of a city, but I couldn't see why a city like Boston couldn't do something like that between MIT and Wentworth and WPI and the amount of engineering and both computer and um, construction, civil, your, your typical engineering disciplines, why we wouldn't have the horsepower to be able to do something like that. So I would love to see that happen here locally. Let's get a digital twin of Boston. Additionally, they created a Rotterdam rooftop walk, which includes bridges from rooftop to rooftop, now, I'm going to post these photos on Instagram, so go check them out. They're like really cool pictures. They have like this bright orange kind of um, matting that you walk on. They have like system scaffolding, and you've got these bridges that go roof to roof and these giant ramps and staircases. It's really cool when you can walk building roof to building roof. I can't imagine if you're afraid of heights. It's probably uh, will be a little taxing on you, but the images are quite impressive and what they did in Rotterdam was impressive, so certainly check that out. Now, staying with the roof theme here, WBUR covered a recent report from Boston University looking at the cooling effect of tree cover, white roofs, and green space. They found that Boston would be uniquely well-suited for making large reductions in temperature due to the nature of the housing stock. In particular, the high number of brownstones and triple-deckers where there are many city blocks of full, flat, black rubber roofs that could all be painted white. The report says that increasing the solar reflectivity of a Boston city's block by 10% will reduce the average daytime summer temperatures by more than 3 degrees Fahrenheit within that block. So what they're saying there is we take those roofs, you paint at least 10% of them white, and you're bringing the temperature down three degrees. It also recommends added trees and removing dark paving. Adding more trees is certainly doable. Getting rid of dark pavement seems like a stretch to me. And painting roofs white doesn't seem outrageous, but I certainly haven't done a ton of research on what covering roofs in millions of gallons of paint will mean. 
there's always a cost that comes with a benefit. And I would be curious if this paint would be water-based. I'm guessing, you know, painting over rubber, you might need some particular characteristics and primers and all that kind of stuff that go along with it. Um, and what about the leftover paint? Where does that go? We're going to have all these plastic buckets now going into landfills. And what effect will it have on water runoff? We know that people will paint the roofs and then rain will roll in by accident. You know, we weren't expecting it. Rain rolls in and while it's wet and then all this rain will, you know, end up in our catch basins. And we have those little signs on it that says that, you know, empties to waterways and impacts our wildlife, all that kind of stuff. So what's it going to be when there's just a general deterioration of all this paint wearing off from the water flowing on it? Accidents like uh, people painting and then the rain rolling in. Never mind. What about all the excess paint? Where's that going to go? You know, I have questions and I don't think water-based is the answer. And like I said, I haven't done a ton of research here, but just a quick little Google search. The first article that shows up um, from Forbes, because I just Googled water-based paints and plastics. Oh, I think I Googled, are there plastics in water-based paints? I assume there was to give them that flexibility. And the first thing that shows up, paint is the largest source of microplastics in the ocean, study finds. Particles of paint account for more than half, 58% of all the microplastics that end up in the world's oceans and waterways every year, according to a new study. They go on, previously thought it was between 9 to 21% of microplastics were from paints. But long story short is we're talking about gallons and gallons of chemicals being applied to existing roofs, the water runoffs. I really question, is that a good way to go about it? Is that the best thing for the environment? You know, we seem like we're at temperature reduction at all costs. But if you've listened to any past episodes with guests I've had on and talking about uh, plastics and the effects that they're having on human health, on wildlife health. It's it's devastating what plastics are doing to our environment. And I don't know if uh, going that route with painting roofs white is truly the answer. That's just my take on it. I probably should do a little more homework there, but you know, I, I just don't know. And I'm not saying I'd vote no here. It's just that everyone is eager to jump on the latest quick fix without looking at the downstream's effects. Pun intended there. If you're asking me, I'd vote for more trees. We all know that tree-lined streets are beautiful. There's no chemicals or plastics. And we could even do something crazy, like grow some food. Simple is better here, I think. Uh, moment to rant. The other thing I think is ridiculous, when the people are planting these trees and they're putting them in those plastic, I think they call them tree gators or whatever, and it's a the tree gets dropped in a plastic bag so you can water it easier. Uh, that's absurd. Don't wrap our fucking trees in plastics. We already do that with our, you know, bananas and cucumbers and all that kind of stuff. That shit's ridiculous. Fucking stop it. Sorry, tangent. Now on a side note, uh, in case you, if you doubted that car companies are going heavy into EVs, Turner confirmed to the construction Broad Street that a joint venture between Turner Construction Company, Yates Construction, and Coco Sing Industri Industrial, excuse me, will build a Honda and LG Energy Solutions $3.5 billion Ohio electrical vehicle battery plant. 
$3.5 billion plant. If you haven't heard of the Construction Broad Street, which I just cited, uh, it's a site that was started by former construction dive kind of anchor, mainstay, someone that I would always see being the author on the construction dive, a woman, Kim Slowey. She started the Construction Broad Street. Uh, it might be worth poking around the site to see if there's anything interesting in there. If you are interested in commercial construction news, that's one place to check out. And if you're listening to that podcast, then you're probably interested in commercial construction news. So thanks for listening. This was a short one. Here's one where I would, I mean, everyone I like your feedback on, but this one in particular, you know, I'm just scratching the surface, but you know, our roofs, one of the next blue spaces or blue ocean or whatever, or green space, whatever the right word is there, is that the next place where there's some room to run to improve our environment? Heck, you know, locally here we have urban farms on roofs. I think that's a, that's a great, um, use of roof, but we have all this unused space. It's impervious. Can we use it to capture water? Can we have it for recreational spaces? Can we have it for farming? You know, it's all, we're talking, what did they say in New York City, 39, over 39,000 acres. So a lot of room to run there. Should we repurpose our roofs? I'd be curious what you think about that topic. And I thank you for listening. Take care, guys.